player or you're new to practicing solo, you've got your game plan. Now what? First, know that you're not alone. It's the fastest growing segment of the legal profession. Welcome to New Solo here on the Legal Talk Network, where you'll learn about practicing law solo. Welcome to New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad that you could listen today to our podcast. I'm attorney Kyle Gelcher. I'm a solo practitioner from Springfield, Massachusetts. I practice a variety of areas of law, including civil litigation, business law, entertainment law, intellectual property, and consumer law. Today on New Solo, we're going to talk about all the things you may not have learned in law school if you're a young lawyer and all the things you may be facing if you've left a larger firm and now you're starting out on your own or with colleagues in a smaller firm. Today on New Solo, we will be talking about starting your own bankruptcy practice as bankruptcy law is hot. Um, joining me today is attorney Christina M. Turgeon. She is a solo practitioner uh, with an office in Springfield, Massachusetts. Attorney Turgeon concentrates in the areas of consumer bankruptcy law and criminal law. Christina is an active member of the Hamden County Bar Association where she serves on the board of directors and she serves as the current chair-elect of the bankruptcy uh, law section. Additionally, Christina participates in community outreach by offering pro bono services through several organizations, including the Women's Bar Association Housing Court Pro Bono Initiative, the Hamden County Bar Association's Foreclosure Task Force, the Massachusetts Justice Project's Volunteer Lawyer Service, as well as other community service programs. Welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you. Uh, What are, let's get right into it. What are some pros and cons of opening a bankruptcy practice? Well, Kyle, bankruptcy law, uh, it, you know, it can not only be a lucrative practice, but it's a very emotionally rewarding practice as well. It can bring an overwhelming feeling of joy to know that you're out there helping financially distressed individuals get back on stable footing financially. Um, you know, one of the greatest things is helping a family work out a budget, which will ultimately allow them to stay in their home, you know, and that's a reward that you won't soon forget, especially if they're facing foreclosure. Another pro is that in Massachusetts, all bankruptcy matters are handled online. It saves on time and cost. You know, instead of having to walk over to the courthouse to file your, your pleadings, you can do it, you know, right from your desktop. All filings, motions, notices, et cetera, they're all electronically filed, which is, you know, that's great, especially in today's day. Uh, for cons, you know, it really, really isn't an area of the law that you can just jump right into. It's very intricate, um, very, very time-sensitive, because of deadlines and foreclosure auction dates, bankruptcy law can really produce high stress levels for both the attorney and the clients, obviously. Practitioners should be very mindful of deadlines and have a good calendaring system in place. What are some caveats before you start a bankruptcy law practice? Well, you really want to make sure you familiarize yourself with a bank- bankruptcy program that's going to assist um, in any document prep- you know, preparations. There's several programs that are on the market. Without endorsing any one over another, it's worth the price if you're planning on practicing bankruptcy law. Uh, you don't want to, you know, have to handwrite everything, or you know, use it on a, you know, a typewriter to to get your your, you know, your pleadings done. Many of the programs, you know, they have forms and motions that are specific to your jurisdiction that also will allow those particular forms to be edited, which is very helpful. Um, for additional fees, you can also purchase the Chapter 13 plan, which can be a real time saver too. Um, utilize, you know, the things that are out there to help you and you'll be better off. Are there any other practice areas that would fit neatly with bankruptcy law? And, and, and to add to that, alternatively, at some point, the economy might turn around and, and bankruptcy work for some practitioners might slow. What other practice areas would you recommend a new lawyer pursue? 
Well, Kyle, bankruptcy law really intersects with so many different areas of the law. Um, but I think, you know, one of the main ones that you, that a bankruptcy lawyer wants to really, you know, kind of be knowledgeable about is divorce. Divorce is one of the main areas that lawyers um, should know about because oftentimes divorce is what leads to bankruptcy filings. Um, but I think I would caution any lawyer from locking themselves into one specific area of the law, even though bankruptcy is hot right now. Like you said, you know, there's going to be a time when, when hopefully it will turn around, you know, for the consumer. Um, but, you know, the need for legal advice, you know, in any one area really ebbs and flows, as as one will know. Um, I think that, however, you know, one should be mindful that picking one area and really honing their skills in that particular area will also give them advan- an advantage over their competition and eventually help them lean towards a specialty in bankruptcy, which would be um, ideal for them. And in regards to starting a bankruptcy law practice, which professional organizations should a new lawyer join, and why would it be good to join those organizations? Uh, well, I think first and foremost, it should go without saying that any lawyer, new or seasoned, should certainly become a member of their local bar association. In particular, the Hamden County Bar Association has a section devoted solely to bankruptcy practitioners. You know, it's, an, it's a group of established attorneys from solo, small firm members, large firm members, as well as uh, Chapter 7 trustees. So I think associating yourself with these types of um, organizations is going to, you know, introduce you to the players um, that you're going to be working with. Second, I would recommend becoming involved in the American Bankruptcy Institute, National Association of Consumer Bankruptcy Attorneys. Uh, and if you're a female, I think the International Women's Insolvency Reorganization Confederation, better known as IWORK, um, is a great organization to really um, meet other other practitioners um, to help you get, you know, jump-started. Uh, do you have to be admitted uh, into any courts in particular to be a bankruptcy law practitioner? Yes, you must be admitted to appear before the United States District Court to practice in federal court for bankruptcy proceedings. Uh, and uh, what are some uh, guidelines to the rules regarding advertising to consumers? Well, there are many rules regarding advertising to consumers. The laws have changed um, several years ago. Uh, one would be advised to research the rules set forth by the Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts as well as the United States Bankruptcy Code. Um, but I will point out that one important rule for bankruptcy attorneys is that they must describe themselves as debt relief agencies, and that's pursuant to Title 11 U.S.C. Section 528. There are several disclosures which must, must be timely made, so I would certainly suggest you know reviewing 528 very carefully. Uh, and aside from the uh, United States Code, are there other resources uh, where someone can find out additional information about those rules? Um, I would certainly um, direct um, new lawyers uh, to the bankruptcies, um, you know, the individual bankruptcy court's website. It's a very useful um, site, and, you know, they have rules that are listed on there, more particularly the, the local rules, um, as well as the United States Trustees' website. We need to take a short break when we return more with attorney Christina Turgeon. Tired of all the headaches of running your law firm? Want to spend your time doing what really matters? Then you need PC Law. PC Law from LexisNexis is the legal industry's best-selling matter, billing, and accounting software. It has never been easier to manage your law firm and serve your clients. Get back to doing what matters to you. For a free trial, go to PCLaw.com slash radio. That's PCLaw.com slash radio. Or call us at 800-685-2161 today. Welcome back to New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. Today we're joined by solo attorney Christina Turgeon. She's a consumer bankruptcy lawyer, a criminal defense lawyer, and a solo practitioner in Springfield, Massachusetts. Welcome back, Christina. Thanks, Kyle. 
once a potential client walks into your office uh, or someone else's office, how should a, a new lawyer typically proceed? Well, I mean, initially the client's going to walk in. Um, you know, they're going to be very eager to tell you what's going on. They're going to be, you know, very sad. It's, it's a very emotional time for the client. So, you know, the attorney needs to be mindful of that. Um, you know, the, you know, I typically just, you know, ask the client to tell me their story. Um, after they tell me their story, I kind of, you know, direct them to, to talk about their assets, their liabilities, their income. Um, and those are the things that are going to help me determine which way we're going to go with, with, um, with my recommendation. Well, then, you know, determine what the client's goals are. Do they want to stay in the house? Do they want to get rid of the house? Um, you know, is there other property that they're worried about? Um, you know, are they just trying to look to, you know, discharge their credit card debt? Are there tax issues? You know, those are kind of the things that, the main issues that we try to, to hash out when we're talking at our first meeting. After we, de- you know, determine what their goals are, that's when I'll advise them as to the various chapters of bankruptcy, 7, 11, 12, 13, um, 12 very, very rarely applies, but we still, you know, we still go over that. Um, I talk about the differences among them. And then, you know, after that, you know, I leave some time for questions and answers. And then we discuss the best course of action for the, you know, for the client to proceed. It's not always bankruptcy. You know, sometimes it's a, a workout, you know, or a, you know, a debt negotiation, you know, with the individual creditors. So bankruptcy consultations don't always lead to bankruptcy, but it could lead to a, you know, a different result for the client. And speaking of the question of, of fees and costs, how do you handle uh, client fees and costs when that question is posed in, in an initial consultation? Well, actually, uh, it, it's definitely going to come up in the initial consultation if it has not already come up on the phone you know, consultation. I discuss all fees at the in- initial interview with my client, uh, and in fact, I believe that we're required to. I think that the rules state that you must divulge your fees to your client within five days of meeting them uh, you know, and, and delineate what those fees um, are. Some costs to inform the client of are, you know, credit report fees um, if they're not able to get a free one online. Um, there are credit counseling fees. There's um, required counseling courses that, that clients are required to take uh, before the bankruptcy as well as um, prior to getting their discharge. So those fees need to be reviewed with the clients. Um, if they have not recorded a declaration of homestead, then you want to make sure that, that we talk about the fees for either preparing and or uh, recording a homestead declaration. If there is um, an appraisal that needs to be done on their property um, or a piece of equipment or something of that nature, we want to talk about those fees. Um, and, of course, the cost to file the petition, as well as your legal fees. You definitely want to make sure that they understand the legal fees because that's one of the biggest hurdles that they're going to have to overcome since they come to you because they have no money and they're looking to file bankruptcy. One of their biggest concerns is how they, how they can actually go about paying that legal fee. And what what are some red flags to watch for for uh, during a client meeting? Uh, well, I think one of the main things is you know you want to make sure that your your client is is forthcoming with all the information that you need. If they're withholding information, that's surely a red flag. Uh, you are under um, a duty for you know to to do your due diligence. When you sign your petition on on behalf of your clients, you're signing that you've done your due diligence and that you've researched and and received all the information necessary to properly prepare the petition. So you want to make sure your clients are not hesitant to answer your questions. If they're withholding any type of financial information, that's definitely going to be a red flag. If they tell you that they don't want to um, list something or they don't want to list a certain creditor um, or list a particular asset, that that's a sure red flag. All financial information must be disclosed on your petition. 
um, failure to do so is, is just going to result in sanctions. It's going to result in an investigation by the, the local trustee, the Chapter 7 trustee or the Chapter 13 trustee, as well as an investigation by the United States trustee. Uh, it could result in dismissal of the case and um, not receiving a discharge, which is uh, it's a pretty harsh penalty. Um, attorneys can get sanctioned as well. So I think, you know, you really need to read your clients very well, especially at the initial interview. I think another thing to watch out for is whether or not your clients have consulted with several attorneys prior to meeting with you. Um, new, lawyer, new lawyers, I think, will, will very soon learn that if there are clients are coming to them after seeing several attorneys prior, there's a reason for that. There's a reason why five other attorneys refuse to take that case and, and they should proceed with caution. I understand that bankruptcy law can be a, a, a complex process. What are some resources that would assist a new bankruptcy law practitioner? Well, I think that there's many continuing legal education programs that are offered, which are very, very valuable. Um, the resources offered by the Hamden County Bar Association, as I'm sure you know, most local associ- bar associations, um, they offer you know brown bag lunch series, educational um, expert and resident series. Um, I know my local bar association has done that in the past, specifically with bankruptcy programs. MCLE has offered numerous educational programs. You know the law is ever changing, and I think attorneys should continue to educate themselves so that they can be their own resource. Um, you know, again, I would direct them to the, the court's website and the United States trustee's website as very valuable resources. Certainly, the United States Bankruptcy Code, they should also familiarize themselves with the local bankruptcy rules, which are um, available at the courthouse here, and, um, or the federal courthouse, rather. And to follow up that question, what books and form books do you recommend for uh, bankruptcy practitioners, especially new lawyers? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to my previous answer. Um, you know, this is certainly a technolo- technologically advanced era. You know, I would suggest starting with the bankruptcy court site. Um, you know, this will site that it actually offers all the forms that are required to file a bankruptcy petition. Um, and the United States Trustees website, two great places are. What are some good sources of referrals for bankruptcy lawyers? Uh, Well, first and foremost, I think networking events should always be attended. I mean, if there's an opportunity to network, um, you're you're going to hopefully eventually get a referral. You've got to put your name out there. Um, People know who you are, and they're looking to practice bankruptcy law. Uh, But I think I would, you know, first of all, suggest that establishing a good working relationship with a divorce attorney would be a great start. Um, you know, like I said earlier in the interview, I think that divorce law is one of the, you know, main intersection practices with bankruptcy law. Divorces very often lead to bankruptcies, you know, by, by husband and wife. Um, you know, so developing that relationship with a, with a divorce attorney would be a, a very good referral source. I think perhaps a real estate attorney would also be a good referral source since many divorces result in transfer of real estate transactions. Um, and perhaps also, you know, a seasoned bankruptcy attorney. There may be bankruptcy attorneys out there who, um, you know, want to hand off one of the, you know, one or two of the small cases that they have, you know, to a, a newer attorney. Um, I think, you know, any of those would be good referral sources. What office equipment do you recommend? Oh, without a doubt, a computer. Uh, like I said, this is a uh, technologically advanced era. Um, the bankruptcy um the bankruptcy laws, you know, require, at least um, locally here in, in uh, Hamden County, uh, and, and actually I believe the state of Massachusetts requires that all bankruptcy pleadings are done online. 
Um, so you definitely need a computer, and by all means, invest in a really good scanner. That's, I think, the the, the one biggest piece of equipment that you need is a really good scanner. Um, everything is done electronically. Your supporting documentation must be scanned. It must be converted to a PDF document prior to filing it with the bankruptcy court. So those two pieces of equipment you have to have. And just to reiterate that, that's obviously that that's a rule that you have to have. In Massachusetts. You really need to have these these resources at hand for the for the federal courts. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and and what and to follow that up, what what computer software do you recommend? Well, I don't really recommend any one over another. They're all very similar. Um, you know, I personally use Best Case, um, but it's really just a matter of preference. I've spoken with several other bankruptcy attorneys over the years, and I think each program, you know, really it. It serves the same purpose. You know, they're all user-friendly. Um, it's really just, you know, a personal preference. There's easy file, um, but like I said, I, I personally use Best Case, and I've been happy with that over the years. Uh, and what is the best piece of advice you have uh, ever received, either in uh, life or law? Oh, geez. Um, I think I would say don't practice in a vacuum. Um, and by that, you know, you want to network, you want to seek advice, you don't want to be afraid to ask questions. Um, you know, if you practice in a vacuum, in, it, it's just going to, you know, hamper you. You make sure that you are spreading your wings and talking with people and people make mistakes, but you got to be able to figure out how to overcome those mistakes. And if you people ahead of time, maybe you make those mistakes. That is good advice. And, well, that about does it for this edition of New Solo. Remember, you can find all of our shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also subscribe to this program through iTunes. A very special thanks to my guest, Attorney Christina M. Turgeon, for joining me today. Christina, if someone wants more information on today's topic, how can they reach you? Well, Kyle, they can reach me, obviously, electronically by email at A-T-T-Y-T-U-R-G-E-O-N at AOL.com. Certainly, they could visit my website, which is located at www.turgenlegal.com, or they can call me at my office, 413-726-0858. I'm happy to help out with whatever way I can. Well, thank you so much, Christina. Thanks for having me, Kyle. And, of course, you can contact me directly at kyle at legaltalknetwork.com. We're out of time. I would like to thank our sponsor, PC Law by LexisNexis. For a free trial, go to pclaw.com backslash radio. Join us next time for another episode of New Solo here on the Legal Talk Network. Have a great day, everyone. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to New Solo today. Hope you'll listen to next month's edition with attorney Kyle Gelcher right here on the Legal Talk Network. And a reminder to check out Firm Manager at MyFirmManager.com forward slash LTN. It's a business solution for lawyers created by lawyers from LexisNexis. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. 
Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.